This is Lancel Lannister, and you're listening to the Game of Thrones Minute with Johnny Kilbasa. Yeah. You took a turn down a wrong street and got a flat tire. Ended up walking up to a stranger's house, knocking on the door because your phone was dead and needed to call for help. The door opened and you walked in. You saw an arrow pointing down to the basement. In the basement, you found a secret passageway. You ended up in the sausage hut. I don't know how. I don't know why, but you probably will not get out of here alive, and you probably won't want to, because we got everything you need right here. Yeah, I'm Johnny Kilbasa. I'm from the Mark Aram Show. I do fast food reviews. I do the Game of Thrones Minute. I answer things on Twitter. I write things down, I say things into the microphone, and do it all just so you can listen to this while you're doing cardio, at the gym, staring at that girl's ass, or you're sitting at your desk, hating your job, pretending you're working on something, with something on your screen, and you got your finger on the alt and the tab key, so when anybody walks by... You can alt-tab back from your stupid news site to the spreadsheet that you're supposed to be working on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, that's how it goes in the world when you become an adult and everything you hate becomes reality. But not here in the Sausage Hut. We got widescreen television and high-speed internet and booze and a dorm fridge in the corner. I got a old... Chilean woman riding an exercise bike to power the place. It's crazy how it's hooked up. It's all I got no carbon footprint down here except for the carbon coming out of me or whatever. That's a what is that? A sulfur output? I'm not sure what that is. Sausage Hut again. Is this episode seven? I think it's episode seven. Might be the eighth one if you count the episode zero that I did. I don't know. Who cares what number it is for Pete's sake? What's going on? Lots of things are going on. I'm watching Australian Rules football, waiting for the weekend, waiting to do another Mark Aram show. I think I'm going to talk about Cheeto macaroni and cheese that's coming out next week from Burger King. How about that? (laughs) (sighs) Cheetos make me belch just thinking of them. Cheetos are great, though, you know. I love eating Cheetos, but you can only eat a little bit of Cheetos because after a while, everything turns that orangish yellow and they start to taste bad. But man, if you have three or four good handfuls of them, they're they're decadent and they're wonderful. So I'm excited about this Burger King mac and cheese. I think it's mac and cheese wrapped in Cheetos, maybe. I'm not sure. I mean, I am sure because I got a sneak preview of them and I tasted them and it's a great idea. I mean, Burger King's trying all kinds of new things. 
Taco Bell's always trying new things. Arby's come out with new sandwiches. Wendy's always has something new every couple of weeks. What's what's McDonald's doing? Oh, how about two for five? Oh yeah, let's uh, we're gonna get rid of our dollar menu, but how about uh, paying two fifty for what you used to pay a dollar for? Oh, you want to come out with something new, McDonald's? No, we're too great. But how about having an egg McMuffin all day? Yeah, that's a cheap pop. Thanks, Mick Foley, going for the cheap pop. Glad I can get a McMuffin any day of the week or any time of the day. Don't care. I mean, they're good. That's the best thing McDonald's has. It was a good move on their part. But, man, don't. why don't you try coming up with something new? Why don't you try admitting that the beef patties that you use are tiny and tasteless? But enough about them. I don't care about them because they don't make the world go round. Taco Bell makes the world go round. <laughs> you got so many things to do. I don't really feel like talking about fast food on this Sausage Hut podcast because I talk about that on the radio. Checking my levels here. I feel like I'm a little tinny. Yeah, that's what that's what they tell me when I, I try to call in and try to not have a crappy phone connection when I call the Mark Aram show and most of the time it's like because I'm throwing so many things at you so fast especially on the Game of Thrones minute there's so much comedy smacked smashed into one minute that you're not going to get it all because of the damn phone quality so I want to try to get Skype going maybe because I think I could use a real microphone like this microphone for it I don't see why I mean if it's hooked up on their end then it should be Hey, did you hear did you hear the Lancel Lannister introduction to the Game of Thrones minute? Is that the craziest thing ever? I can't believe I can't believe that, that somebody from the actual Game of Thrones show actually introduced the Game of Thrones minute with Johnny Kilbasa. Sorry, wait a second. Every time I try to play something on here. It's never where I want it. This is Lancel Lannister, and you're listening to the Game of Thrones Minute with Johnny Kilbasa. That's the real this dude. This is Lancel Lannister, and you're listening to the Game of Thrones Minute with Johnny Kilbasa. And even put a little. This is Lancel Lannister, put his back and into you're it. listening to the Game of Thrones Minute with Johnny Kilbasa. <laughs> this is Lancel Lannister, <laughs> and you're Lancel listening to the Lannister. Game of Thrones Minute with Johnny Kilbasa. It's good that he said Lancel Lannister because Lannister nobody knows his real name. It's weird. He's got like three names. This is Lancel Lannister, and you're listening to the Game of Thrones Minute with Johnny Kilbasa. Uh, I should and turn now that on into the Mark a... Aram Show, it's time for the Game of Thrones Minute with Johnny Kilbasa. I should turn that into a song. And I guess since I'm starting that off, I might as well tear through episode nine. Cold. Because it's worthy of doing here. It's worthy of doing more than once. You can listen to 800 Game of Thrones podcasts. I was listening to one. There's there's a couple that I like. But there was one I was listening to. And it's just... 
this young lady was just like like every like i was like like john is so hot in this scene i was just like wow this is like i was just the way it was i just couldn't believe it because he was just like so bad when he was uh. okay okay no one's making me listen to it but Episode 9, dude. Battle of the Bastards. <laughs> Here we go. Shame. 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 Episode 9, Battle of the Bastards and Marine Cannonball. Khaleesi and Tyrion discuss commerce. How about we introduce Drogon to the three slaving stooges? Time to burn, baby, burn, and Khaleesi Inferno. The sons of the harpy have time for a little fun before the Dothraki drop the smacky down on them. Grey Worm drops some knowledge and then drops two slavers himself. Meanwhile, outside Winterfell, a battle of wits ensue. In the morning, then Boston. Later in the tent, the good guys talk strategy. Then it's time for some sour goat milk and a nap. Davos walks around and finds his burnt whittling. Meanwhile, back in Marine, the Greyjoys made it. No more reaving, roving, raiding, or raping. Deal! Meanwhile, back outside Winterfell, Rickon makes a run for it. Zigzag, dude. Don't see a Rickon. Let's get ready to rumble. Arrows fly. Cavalry charges. John's going to take them all himself. Antietam's got nothing on this one. The body stack high. And Ramsey's put on the squeeze play. John's about to drown in carnage, but swims to the top just as a halftime horn blows. No, wait. That's the Knights of the Vale coming in for the save. Inside Winterfell, 1-1 brings the goal line offense in for a touchdown. See you, 1-1. Then John goes Ralphie on Scott Farkas in a Christmas story all over Ramsey. Woohoo! The Stark banners hang over Winterfell once again, and Sansa feeds Ramsey to his hounds. See you, Ramsey. You bastard! Shame. 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 Oh, I'm going to miss doing those. Only got one more. Only got one more. Feeling like I'm coming to the end of a concert or something. I'm going to have to redo them. I'm going to ask Mark if I can just do five of them in a row one time and then just do five more of them or something like that. I got to put the transcript up on johnnykielbasa.com where you can go by the C. Maltum Cholesterolum Ergo Crapulatum t-shirt and the only place you can find them in the whole world that's C. Maltum Cholesterolum Ergo Crapulatum t-shirt on johnnykilbasa.com all you gotta do is go to johnnykilbasa.com pick the size that you want hit buy it's a secure transaction through Shopify I'll get it to you within a week I make the t-shirts myself no one else makes these t-shirts anywhere you'll be the coolest kid on the block you want a small I got a small you want a medium I got a medium you want a double XL I got a double XL johnnykilbasa.com for every t-shirt you want you want to see a different kind of t-shirt maybe I'll make you a different kind of t-shirt hey and maybe if you order one now i'll i'll give you two i'll give you a free t-shirt if you order one just go order one right now damn it thank you for that kind words there sir so what was i gonna do oh yeah i was gonna talk about cleveland fandom because the cleveland cavaliers went all the way and won a championship can you believe that i can't believe that I know. I was sorry. I was. I was. A, had the curse of being born a Cleveland Browns fan, Cleveland Indians fan, Cleveland Cavaliers fan. Well, I wasn't much of a Cleveland Cavaliers fan when the after LeBron left because they weren't much of a team, and I wasn't much of a Cleveland Brown uh, Cleveland Cavaliers fan between the time that Mark Price played and the time that they got LeBron. And then, and then basketball was worth watching for a few years. Then LeBron left. 
you know the rest didn't watch any basketball for four years or however long he was gone and then started watching it again but I was watching during this run and everything had it's just had that special feel until they went down 3-1 and everybody thought oh that's gonna happen again so you know you got to go all the way back you got to go all the way back for lifetimes of misery as a Cleveland fan and you know you've heard it a million times 1964 1964 1964 that was the last time the Cleveland Browns won a championship which was the year before the Super Bowl started so if they would have started the Super Bowl one year later they could at least you know we could have at least had one Super Bowl I gotta look up what did the Browns do in those first couple years I think well I don't know if Jim Brown retired that year after the championship or maybe he he might have played only one more but he Retired early because Art Modell was a dick. Art Modell is the worst human being on earth. He took the Browns out of Cleveland. He took them to Baltimore in the middle of the night after complaining about not getting a stadium. Which really, he needed a stadium, and the Indians got a stadium. They, they you know, they had Cleveland Municipal Stadium, which was a grand old lady sitting on the banks of the lake uh, lake erie and it was built in i don't know 1920 something maybe and it was huge i mean you could get 80,000 people in there for a football game and the stands had a roof around it i think they actually built it because cleveland was putting a bid in for the olympics and that was going to be the stadium where everything was going to happen that would have been something if Cleveland would have got the Olympics. <laughs> but anyway, the, so it was a great, well, it wasn't really a great place. It was a, by the time I got around to go into it, it was just old and empty and cavernous. And it really was a terrible place to see anything. It was an okay place to see baseball. I mean, you could put 50,000 people in the stands. It would look empty. You know, nowadays that's unheard of. I mean, most new baseball, newer baseball stadiums only hold maybe 35 at the most. I think, I think you can squeeze 40 into the Jake or whatever they call Cleveland's baseball stadium now. But if you, if you, I watch, I watch Believe Land, the 30 for 30 special on the Cleveland misery. I watched it the day of game seven. It was on a, that was on Sunday and I watched it Sunday afternoon. I hadn't seen it before. I'd been meaning to watch it, but. I figured it would be a good time after, you know, game seven. What the heck? We were staring down a championship, but it seemed like everybody had the we can do it attitude that day, that Sunday. It was like, usually it's pessimism in the face of optimism if you're a Cleveland fan and we were going to find a way to lose it. But that day, it just felt different. What was that? Was that a Mar- Marty Schottenheimer uh, quote where he says there's a gleam? There's a gleam, gentlemen, right before he lost the Super Bowl or something like that. Yeah. So the, the, the Believe Land was really well done, and you got to hear that. Go listen to that. What was it? Burn Big Big River Um, by What's-His-Name, the guy who did Short People. Yeah, he had a song about Cleveland. It's a really dumb song, but it makes a great soundtrack for that show. And 
it just goes through everything. Uh, you know, it really is a, the the timeline of Cleveland sports heartbreak is just it's unsurpassed in any sort of heartbreak. I think Boston had a pretty good run there. Well, well, now they they won a bunch of stuff in the fifties and sixties, but they went for a while before they started winning super before they started winning everything in sight and the cubs have a terrible run but they're in chicago and chicago's had other championships and other sports so that doesn't count at all so i don't want to hear about a cubs fan who cares about the cubs the white Sox won or won a world series like within the last 15 years <laughs> i know any self-respecting cubs fan would say oh it's worse than anything else what can you do? There was 1980, which is funny. 1980, the 1980 heartbreak was the, the Browns in the divisional playoffs. <laughs> and they were they were a good team, and they should have won that game. It was like 40, 40 degrees below zero, and Brian Sype threw an threw a interception in the end zone at the end of the game. They could have kicked the field goal earlier, but it was so cold that Don Cockroft couldn't kick the ball, so they weren't happy about that. And it's funny that, you know, everybody loses division playoff games every year, and you probably don't think about them, but around here, that that was the only thing that they talked about forever, over at least six years before the 1986 Browns, which we all know was the, the year that of the drive, which was awful. Ugh. Well, they had it wrapped up. They were the best team in the AFC. 98 yards oh john elway oh i still can't stand seeing that horse tooth jackass and then he just wins another super bowl as the president of the team and he gets more pub than anybody else and when the when the when the broncos went to go meet the president who's the president walking out there with john freaking elway Oh, just go away, John Elway. Oh, I can't stand you. What do you do as a president anyway? Sit in your office and make phone calls to your buddies, give away free tickets, w- polish up your rings. Oh, and they, they didn't, and then then of course the fumble was in the next year. Ernest Biner, what a heartbreak that was, and and they showed Ernest Biner crying and that you know believe land thing and it was it, which is a shame because that was that was the one play and it was him but he was you know he was a huge part of that team and they wouldn't have been on the goal line right there trying to win the game if it wasn't for Ernest Biner and he went on to play for a lot longer he played for a long time I think he was at the at the Cleveland parade yesterday where all demons have been exercised. So then you had 1987, and they didn't even touch on 1989 because the Browns actually the Browns went back to the to the AFC Championship game in 1989 two years later, and they just did, there was no definitive article in front of that one. It was just they just got their ass kicked. Oh, <laughs> uh, I forget what happened in '88. I don't think we, I th- I'm not, I think we made the playoffs and maybe we lost. I'm not sure. And then the Brown, you know, then the ni- the ninety five Indians, which was one of the greatest murderers row of hitters ever produced, selling out every game. They're coming back with these heart, you know, cardiac kids type of winning every time. Those that that Indians team was never out of it, and they were just sluggers 
from top to bottom. Man, they had a good team. Won the first pennant since 1954 in Cleveland, 1995. I remember I was I was delivering pizza at the time. I was in a trailer park <laughs> when Jose. I was listening to it on the radio, delivering pizza when Jose Mesa closed it out for the tie, for the for the AI, the American League pennant. And then they went on to get did they get swept? I think they it was either four oh four one to the Braves. Yeah, that great Braves team was great for a decade. They only won one World Series. They won it against the Indians. Another turn the page on that heartbreak. And then of course ninety seven when the Indians went back to the World Series with another great team that was almost the same, but with a couple update upgrades. And then the, playing against the Marlins, who had no like a team that was just thrown together by a billionaire for undeserving fans. Oh, people in Miami didn't care. I think they 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 hopped on the bandwagon the last two weeks. And who who would want to play baseball outside in Miami all summer anyway? And that goes seven games. Oh, and we had him beat. Oh, we had him beat, and Jose Mesa lost it. But, you know, Jose Mesa saved a lot of games, and we wouldn't have been there without him, old Joe Table. That was 97. That was only 97. And it's funny when you're watching this Believe Land thing, it's just like every every page, you get so I get so caught up in each chapter. I, like, forgot what the next one was coming. <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, 95, oh, yeah, oh, 97, oh, yeah, that sucked. Uh, and, and then they went right into Art Modell. Oh, the Art Modell. And the Browns leaving was just, that was just awful. That was the worst thing ever. And that was, was that 96? I guess that was before 97. We didn't have, they just took the Browns. <laughs> took the Browns and left because he couldn't, couldn't make any money because he couldn't get a stadium. And apparently, the, the I guess he left without giving those dopes that were running the gov- Cleveland government any warning. Oh, oh man, that was so we didn't have a you know, and, and I was uh, I was much younger then, obviously, but when I went without a football team for three years, and then well, I went without a football team ever since because when that stupid expansion team that never should have been, never should have been called the Browns came back, and and that the the government dopes were so happy oh we saved the records great we we saved the name which they never should have that the, that team should not be called the cleveland browns it's an insult and first off the browns is a dumb name anyway i know it's named after paul brown and i know he was great but you know what art Modell fired paul brown and paul brown went to cincinnati and started the Bengals. <laughs> why should he be revered art Modell? But maybe Paul Brown was past his time and, and Modell wanted to make his mark and do something new. I mean, Paul Brown was probably not um, for open, opening up the offense like some places were doing. I mean, he, he rode Jim Brown's back for ten, nine, nine seasons. He was the greatest, yada, yada, yada. <sighs> and then you had the, you know, then you had LeBron leaving the decision, which is, was just perfect perfect stab through the heart 
and I think that he knows he did it wrong and I'm glad he I'm glad he you know I'm glad he took crap for that because he never should have grandstanded he just should have just if you would have just said thank you Cleveland I'm I need to go somewhere else it would have been fine but to do the whole decision thing and just shove it down your throat was (laughs) it was perfectly awful and everybody hated LeBron and everybody should have and I did too but you know, I, it was it was it wasn't really a hate. It wasn't a, it wasn't a bitter hatred. It was more like a a hate a hatred of uh, your favorite baby face turning heel on you. You know, I I hated him like I would hate a heel, like a good heel, and it was kind of it was fun to hate him. And I rooted against the the Heat, and it was great when I think all Cleveland rejoiced. <laughs> you know, the the greatest. Uh, sports the greatest history in in Cavs, the greatest piece of Cavs history was when the Dallas Mavericks beat the Heat the first year LeBron was down there greatest moment in Cavs history except well you know and, and to throw in it on top of it I forgot about the shot yeah you had Michael Jordan and you know if it wasn't for freaking Michael Jordan the Cavs probably would have won a couple championships then I mean Cavs had a great team I mean, you know, but they didn't have Michael Jordan and they, they gave the, they gave the bulls everything they had every year in the playoffs and they came up short and Jordan, you know, Jordan had a good team behind him and the legacy was set. I mean, he had, he got six championships in 10 years. Was it with a couple years of playing baseball in between? I mean, if you wouldn't have played baseball, they probably would have had more. Yep. That's great. Thanks, Michael Jordan. <laughs> and the Browns, I mean, pick your year. Every year was awful. Except in 2003, it was a two, no, 2002, our third year we made the playoffs, which it seemed like it wouldn't be that bad. Butch Davis came in, general manager and head coach. Says, all right, all right. We got something here. We were in the playoffs for six days. We made the, We clinched the playoffs on a Sunday. We played on Saturday. And we were gone. That's the only time the the Browns have been in the playoffs. And the Browns have sucked. Well, and I can't believe they they were seven and four a couple years ago, and then just nosedived into the ground. And the whole Johnny Manziel thing, which I thought was hilarious, and I, I I loved having Johnny Manziel around, but everybody was just just obsessed with. His off the field anti every little thing was just under the microscope. And I mean, who cares? You know, if uh, I don't know, take your pick. If any of those guys would have had Instagram and social media, any of your old school sports heroes, if they would have had social media back then, they they would be in the same position that Johnny Manziel was. You mark my words, okay? You mark them. You set them down and you mark them. You sharpen up your pen and you mark my words. So then, you know, you fast forward to the end, LeBron comes back. And I, I didn't think he would come back because it kind of went from zero to he's coming back all within like a few, like a week or two, I think. And he did. And they got Kevin Love. And everybody expected a championship and nobody thought it was going to, nobody thought it was going to happen. And we pretty much had an 81 game, uh, 81 game preseason just waiting for the playoffs. 
and they just stormed through the playoffs in, in, in third gear, knowing all along that we were going to have to take down Golden State. We come out and they kick our ass in the first two games. <laughs> oh, and then we win one and lose one, and we're down. We're down three one. And then Draymond Green. Oh, thank you, Draymond Green. Draymond Green gets suspended. That was that was the saver right there. That was we would have lost that. You know, we would have lost that game. If if it had just been business as usual and Draymond Green would have played, appreciate you, Draymond. Now I hate Draymond Green, but I hate you know I hate him like a heel. I don't hate him personally. I just like I I enjoy hating him because he's good, you know, and he's a punk. You know, but if he was on our team, I'd be rooting for him for sure. Now Steph Curry is a whole different story. I do not want I don't want Steph Curry anywhere near Cleveland. I don't want his mom around Cleveland. I don't want his wife around Cleveland. I know his dad used to play here. Sorry, Dell. <sighs> Have no no use for the Currys whatsoever. But so we won. <laughs> Unbelievable. And that whole game, I, I almost lost consciousness. That whole I mean the whole game was just excruciating to watch. And the whole fourth quarter I was just I was almost uncon I was just heaving and grunting and just like oh. and it came down to the last minute and Kyrie made that shot after LeBron had that block oh and they held him scoreless in the last four minutes of the game and they won (laughs) I've never you've never seen a cloud lifted like it has was over Cleveland and then they have 1.3 they have everybody in northeast Ohio that goes down to that parade (laughs) And it took them four hours to get down East 9th Street in the parade because there were just people just crammed up on the street. Hey, Cleveland had never had a victory parade before, so they weren't really sure how to do it. And everybody went down there, and everybody was involved in it. So like, well, we're just going to have to take our time. And they sure as heck, it took it took a long time, which the parade probably would have taken about 15 minutes to get down the street if people were to just, you know, if they could have got down the street. But they couldn't get down the street, and people weren't move out of the way. I was like, "What? what? Like, come on, people, just move back!" But they weren't. I mean, there wasn't any room to move back because the entire region was down there, and everyone was just walking around with like dumb looks on their faces, like, "Dang, I can't believe it!" So it was great. It was great, and I've rambled on about it. Well, hey, you know, you got to ramble on it. You got to mark this stuff down in history. Everybody gets to win everything except Cleveland until now. And somehow all those demons were just exercised. The the ring was thrown in the the ring was thrown into Mount Doom and it just melted into a river of molten rock and evil was cast away from the world. And Aragorn reigned in peace for the next two hundred years. So you know what that means? The floodgates are open. That means the The Indians are going to win the World Series. <laughs> the Browns are going to. I can't. Even, I can't even say it. Oh, by the way, yeah, our triple, uh, triple A, uh, triple A hockey team won the uh, triple A Stanley Cup too. And somebody from Cleveland won a UFC belt. How about that? That's pretty crazy. 
and Cleveland's getting the Republican National Convention. Now, I hope, I hope that, I hope Cleveland falls into Lake Erie during that weekend, just to tell you about. <laughs> but they'll only have about 60,000 people in there for that, as opposed to 1.3 million. <laughs> Check me out on Twitter. Go to my website and enjoy it. Listen to my other podcasts on iTunes or on my website, obviously, or somebody emailed this to you. Tell somebody you know about it. It's hard doing all this stuff by yourself. At Johnny Kobasa on Twitter. Go buy a t-shirt. It won't hurt. Check me out on the Mark Aram Show on some radio station Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and whenever else he needs me. And check me out coming out your check me out coming out your mama's back door. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>